0: All right y'all. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the software podcast. I have my coffee here. Um I am your host, Ayana Zaire Cotton. And this is where I talk about my journey toward finding and creating softness inside technology this podcast is presented by Cedar School, a skill building platform for learning how to code through a black feminist lens, and you can find this podcast on Apple and Spotify. I invite you to take a screenshot and share it on social media or with other black feminists who are also on a, you know, their own journey of finding and creating softness inside our relationships to technology, which is truly a collective journey, right? So, please, please, please Share this with your folks. Share this with your loved ones Um, because we got to do this together if we're going to do it at all, right? So I want to first like invite us into this title. Uh, how much does a dollar cost? The gift of worthiness, boundaries for burnout and permission to play. So how much does a dollar cost come from? It comes from this song that came up it immediately started playing while I was doing um, some business coaching homework. So the song, How Much Does a Dollar Cost? I believe it's like originally on Kendrick Lamar's album, um, How to Pimp a Butterfly or How to Catch a Butterfly. I don't remember what the title was, but this was like the Kendrick Lamar album, right? So, but then I think, um, let me just actually try to, pull this up really quickly i hope it doesn't play um it's the songs by r plus r equals now is the artist how much does the dollar cost live so like that version of the song came up Sometimes when I'm working, most of the time when I'm working, I'm listening to some sort of Spotify jazz playlist. And um, I'm currently in this business coaching program. And the homework was for like this stage that I am uh, and see the school. The homework was to directly tell a group of people in your creative community what you're working on and how you would like to be supported and As I was like working through my anxiety of having to do this homework, um, this is the song that plays. And I kind of realized that I have been dodging this task um, in many ways since 2019, um, when I first had the idea for Cedar School, right? So... You know, and I've been, dold- I've been dodging this cl- this task for many reasons, um, but I recently had a thought. And if you're neurodivergent, like it's definitely not this simple. But here's the thought I just ha- like I-, I-, I had recently that you know, procrastination is not actually a personality trait. It's kind of like maybe a warning sign to get curious about. And for me, it turns out that my procrastination has been rooted in anxieties around like perfectionism, enoughness, right? Um this endless researching, this endless like tweaking of the idea, right? Um and it's been simply rooted in in worthiness, uh, which is something that I have been uh healing from and tending to and working out throughout my whole entire twenties and as i enter my 30th year around the sun i am filled with gratitude to like be finally giving myself the gift of worthiness to finally be um kind of like naming and acknowledging and working through and healing through all of, all of the trauma that had um that had that had implanted any seeds of unworthiness in my my mind my heart my body um I'm finally giving myself the gift of worthiness for my 30th birthday. <laughs> How exciting. But this gift comes with the following awareness, right? The first one that I kind of had to work through, I would say early, my early 20s, was like the people in your life who say they love you actually might. They actually might be telling the truth about that. You know, and that's something it, it like, I would be working through it in my early 20s, but still took years to like remind myself um of that. and then also, like secondly, the people, people, there people, there are people in the world who value and support your work and they do exist. There are people who value and support your work and they do exist. uh let's stay with the second one for a little bit longer, right? because guess where these folks exist? They exist on the other side of you believing they do. And I talked about this a little bit in my Instagram story, I believe like last week, but if we're lucky, our work is a manifestation of our devotion to our values and um vision vision of a radically different world, right? That faith, that work, that devotion is worthy of your belief. And I want to quickly cite and shout out um, Zendolo from the Emergent Strategy podcast. That interview, I believe it's like from Discipline to Devotion or something like that. That interview and Zendolo's words around devotion have like transformed me. So definitely go listen to that podcast episode after this one. um, Because the way they talk about it is just like, is so abundant and so generative and and um and such a gift so check that out but i want to talk about another bit of hard earned wisdom right which is belief isn't always enough sometimes we can't just believe although you know how beautiful would that be how how lovely would that be if we could just believe right our actions our habits and our way of working need to follow the form of our faith and our values the commitments that you ask of your body and your energy must align with the sustainable spaciousness your devotion requires so these are all lessons that i'm working with and working through but um a question that I ask myself and a question that I wanna ask you is what actions are you committing to taking before the winter ends to gift yourself the felt belief of worthiness, right? The felt belief, the acted out belief of worthiness. And for me, this looks like creating boundaries for burnout, but then it also looks like giving myself permission to protect my play um, as a desire, which is to say, a need, which is to say a sigh of relief, right? We got to take our desire seriously. And um this question is also directly related to the title of this podcast, right? So we started with, you know, what we're what we're gifting ourselves, which is the gift of worthiness. Um, I wanna now move into boundaries for burnout because y'all, I fell for it. And you would think at this big old age of 30 that I would have learned my lesson by now, but I fell for it. I fell for the beginning of the year productivity hype, you know, um, busting out the gate with these long lists of goals broken into quarters and daily maxed out to-do lists. Um, I fell for it. And I was quickly reminded, very quickly. That 20 to 25 hours a week is actually my max capacity for machine time. I call machine time like my time at the keyboard, my time in front of my computer, my time with my machine, my time inside the machine, (laughs) right? Um, Anything longer than that, I burn out within a month. I tried the eight hours a day schedule and it's it's left me, it's left me wanting to sleep for all of February. and it happens like clockwork, right? It's a theme that I've noticed throughout my 20s. And this year, I'm finally experimenting with boundaries to honor this data of my capacity, right. Um, this is what giving myself the gift of worthiness reflected through action looks like. Um I was in a cedar school de- co- discovery call a couple days ago and a dear peer asked baby like girl like, w- w- when do you sleep and it was a lovely and affirming conversation but like this this question i've been thinking about it ever since and i realized um the root of burnout for me has has l- less to do with the lack of sleep right? Because I'm serious about getting my eight hours. If I need to take a nap, I will do that. Um, But it has more, I'm realizing for me, it has more to do with the lack of play. A lack of play, family. I took her question of when do I sleep and switched it to when do I play? Because like I said, I'm I'm not someone who needs a whole bunch of sleep. I, I get mine actually love working, though, because I, I love what I do, and I'm realizing clay is the charger pack. Clay is actually what's the engine for for my devotion. um because my curiosity is actually core to my practice. It gives it energy. it gives it life. it gives it blood. Um and for all of January, I have been working at double my capacity. And how I have to do the work of going back and cutting my currently communicated capacity in half. Um, but this is the work, right? And this means three things. Um, it means I am creating a boundary for myself and communicate it, communicating it to others when necessary um, that I do not have the capacity to spend more than 20 to 25 hours behind a computer a week. The, the This is just a fact, right? There's nothing you or me can do about it. This is just the way I'm wired. um means the second thing that there are currently only three more seats in the seat to school coaching program, and I'll be working from a wait list for enrolling enrollment or for rolling enrollment until May um were when C to school will go on a summer break in June. But that's what that means. The second thing that that means. The third thing that um, creating these boundaries mean is May is when I'll open enrollment for a C to school group coaching program where I can still serve inside my calling um, in alignment with my devotion, but in a way that honors my capacity behind a laptop. So I'll talk more about that as um, we get closer to May, but that's something I did realize like, you know, these one-on-one calls in in this one-on-one way of working in my teaching practice is actually not sustainable. Um, So this is a question that I asked myself and a question I want to invite you into uh, is like first like reflect on and name your max capacity for working behind a computer each week because there is a threshold. There is a capacity. Um, And then the question is like how will you commit to holding this boundary with yourself, your team, or your creative collaborators. Um, again for me this looks like adjusting the number of learners that I can teach one-on-one through CETA school. Um, this also looks like visioning an offer that's more aligned with my computer capacity which I think will be um, moving forward in, in in the last half of the year teaching in more group settings. So we talked about the gift of worthiness we've talked about some boundaries that we can put in place for burnout um And now I want to move on to permission to play permission 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 to play. Mm. My biggest fear, to be honest, is not failure or C to school, not quote unquote working or, you know, C to school, not being able to meet my needs. That's not a fear anymore um, because I now know the success of CETA school is inevitable. Right. I know I'm called to do this work and there is no failure inside of calling, only lessons. Right, we know this now. We know this kind of stuff by now, right? When, when when we're inside our calling, um, we're right where we're supposed to be, right? When we're supposed to be, um. But my biggest fear is actually being the creator of a job I hate. It's being the facilitator of work, right? Right, like me being the reason. <laughs> I am in work that is unsatisfying or exhausting, right? And in, in me having to kind of like tend to that exhaustion or tend to that un- unsatisfying labor, um, which is truly only a failure in boundaries, right? And the courage to maintain them. um, Back to us acting out belief, right? Acting out belief is about the courage to believe in the worthiness. Of your work enough to create boundaries to protect the sustainability of it. I'm gonna repeat that again. It's about the courage to believe in the worthiness of your work enough to create the boundaries to protect the sustainability of it. So be it, see to it. Um like, who am I preaching to today? <laughs> like, y'all see how I'm bringing this all together, right? By prioritizing play through my actions of establishing and maintaining boundaries, I am saying to my body, it is enough. I'm reminding myself you are enough, right? Tapping my computer capacity at 20 to 24 hours, right? I'm giving myself that flexibility of five hours. Um that gives me permission to do things like go on dates to the art museum, right? in the middle of the day. have tea with someone from my creative community. have long afternoons like spend long afternoons reading, right my 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 calling is 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 to teach and like to tend to our curiosity. Um, I need to also, spend time tending to my curiosity too and, and be self-teaching in a lot of ways and, and be a student um of some of some of the greatest teachers of our time through books, through essays, right? Um through attending workshops and 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 study groups. Uh, I'm giving myself permission to find and try new recipes. by by giving myself permission to play, diving into my studio practice to play with clay, paint and glitter, Um, go on hikes in the forest, spend time with trees, right? Capping my computer capacity means I get to spend time in water. I get to make zines with my friends, (laughs) right? I get to hop on the phone with my aunts and my mom and my dad and my brother and my cousins. And you know, we think, oh, I'm grown. I can already do everything and anything on that above list. That's true. but when you're doing it, friend, when when you when you when you when when when, when is it happening? Right, like you may be allowed to play, but does your calendar reflect the time and space to do so? This is what I mean by giving yourself permission to play, by creating protected time on your calendar. And why is this so important, right? Why do I keep emphasizing this? Um, Not only does play provide fuel for our devotion, A nurtured relationship to our curiosity keeps our work pleasurable and therefore sustainable, right? But also, 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 permission to play equals permission to imagine, which is a radical and political practice. Just like I had to believe that the people in my life love me like they say they do, right? Right? Just like I had to believe that people who will value and support my work exist, my next thing, like internal, like frontier, is believing that my permission to play is essential to my survival and my thriving in this lifetime, right? It's believing that my play is not in conflict with getting my material needs met. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm mm. Ooh, that, that's going to require some faith work, right? I have to believe that play is at the core of our ways of being in the world we need, the world that we're building. I also must believe, right, that I am worthy of that world right now, of living as if. Mm. So um, give yourself permission to play by protecting playtime in your calendar. Um, and a question that I'm working through and I want to leave you with and offer to you is like, what are the time blocks in your calendar protected for play? And how would you play? If the world we need was your every day. Was your every day reality. Was your every day possibility. Family play is essential to our imagination. And nurturing and expanding in our relationship to our imagination is the reason I created CETA School. Right? Um, I created it to let the softness into our world building work. So to to wrap up here, um, I want to leave you with some software prompts to workshop throughout the week. Number one, what actions are you committed to taking before the winter ends to give yourself the felt belief of worthiness? Number two, reflect on and name your max capacity for work behind a computer each week. How will you commit to holding this boundary with yourself, your team, or your creative collaborators, your family, whoever, right? Number three, give yourself permission to play by protecting playtime in your calendar. What are the time blocks in your calendar protected for play? Hmm thank y'all thank y'all thank y'all um for not only listening to this podcast but um doing the devotional work that you're engaged in because it gives me seeds um and it gives me it gives me data and material to work with um in my own practice so thank you for being here and thank you for the work that you do um to wrap up again, this is the software podcast where I talk about my journey toward finding and creating softness inside technology. Um, this podcast is presented by Cedar School, which is a place where I teach folks how to code through a Black feminist lens. Um, we try to build Black feminist coding projects and and um, learn how to code alongside the, the theory and the praxis of, 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 of Black feminist world builders, right? Um, so I invite you to visit the Seed to School website, c2school.com, to learn more. Um, again, this podcast is available on both Apple and Spotify, which is probably where you're listening to it. Um, but I invite you to take a screenshot of it. Share it with your, share it with your community, share it with your friends, share it with your loved ones. Um, and, uh, kind of share this journey of, 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 you know, finding and creating softness inside, inside technology and inside of software. Until next time, y'all, I'm logging out with love and gratitude.